till we couldn't shake no more. We got down on our knees when cancer knocked at our door. We got kicked in the ass. We gave lots of sass. Oh, when it rains, it falls into this half full glass. Oh, thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Victories in the dark. Hi, I'm Mimi Hall. And I'm Leanna House. And you're listening to Thanks Cancer. We are two cancer friends. And we're not doctors. We're not nurses. We're not shrinks. We're not psychics. We're not shamans. No, and cancer is pretty hard, too. I mean, cancer is a little hard. You might hear some swearing words in the episode. Ben, we hope you'll enjoy it. This is the podcast we wish that we had when we were going through our treatment. Our recording. Hi, Leanna. Hi, Mimi. So what's going on with you? Like, talk to me about what we want to talk about with Thanks Cancer today. I see dead people yeah. on yeah. social media. There are a lot of profiles of people who have died of cancer who follow us. And that's and that's going to be true, like, for anyone who's involved in the cancer community. Because chances, I mean, look, at least, like, 33% of most people that we know coming out of the gate are going to die of metastases uh, in the uh, first, yeah, what, uh, three years? Eventually. Years? And on a, a larger note, I think the date that there are going to be more dead people pages on Facebook than live people pages is like the 2030s. So, I mean, it's coming anyway. But yeah, right. when you're involved in the cancer community, it's at a much, much higher level. And right. it's really depressing to yeah. see. Because it's uh, it's just so emotionally wrenching to have that kind of a mortality rate on your social networks. Right. It's it, very medieval in a way, huh? Oh, it is. <laughs> it's like living through malarial Nauvoo. Yeah. Malarial <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> a better reference. I'd go with Italy, but sure, Illinois works too. Yeah, no, I totally, I, I, I hear you. And I think it's, um, it's really scary too, because before I went through this, I, when, you know, people I know would get cancer and would go through it, but I didn't have insight into it. I didn't know how it could be. And now when it, it said to me, and also you become more of a go-to, of course, when you had cancer and you oh do. yeah you're you're the resource right and you have a podcast about it whatnot so yeah and it is it has a totally different effect on your energy and psyche than it used to before perhaps you were familiar with that because before it was on the periphery and now it's more of a it was an abstract experience i mean i yeah. knew that someone was sick i kind of had a vague idea of what went on very vague and uh felt bad for the person but now i have a sense of like oh god you poor thing you have no idea you have no idea you don't say that obviously but you think that (laughs) yeah you say good luck no and you (laughs) and you like try to tell people like you try to give the newbies an accurate portrayal of like what they can expect you know it's interesting because when i started on the cancer social media especially on twitter i tried to get like a hashtag going and you can't start hashtags unless you're like elon musk like you have to have a really big following to be able to start a hashtag so sweet liana of three years ago who was like i'm gonna start a hashtag but what i wanted to start a hashtag for was people who had questions about cancer right and not getting a doctor because like you can see your doctor but getting other input from you know other patients other survivors and i tried to start that and i couldn't obviously when i started but now i have like people will tag us every day like a dozen times a day right 
And, and there's a community that's formed around that. And there's a fabulous community that's right. formed around that. And I get, I really enjoy being a resource for the new patients and like going through this experience with people because I think it's so sad when people are kind of alone or alone with caregivers, but without the carcinomies who get it. But it's also like really, really hard. Like, yeah, when they die. Well, it's hard when they die, but it's even harder. Hard, like so when they're through. going through going tough through things, it. like because how many times have I been through cancer vicariously with all of our right. followers? And like part of it is I'm glad to have the community and be the support, but like it's also just it's really hard just to manage a community and manage your own like social media presence because I mean, first of all, cancer is fucking depressing. I don't know if you've noticed. Yeah. And you don't want to stay, well, I don't want to cut you off too much, but you don't want to stay in the waiting room forever. No, you don't. You don't want to stay as a patient forever, ideally. You know what I mean? Because that means that you've gone metastatic. I mean, to a degree. Do you know what I mean? There's varying degrees, which we can talk about. But like, if you've stayed a patient forever, that's not good. But then you have inhabited this identity for a while. I mean, it's very, it's very interesting. And then when you get involved, like you have and created a community, it kind of keeps you there. Yeah, it does. And it's this place of this really acute high emotions. So you're dealing with people that are lashing out, people that are very, like, coming from a place of pain and dealing yeah, and dealing with that rawness, it takes a toll. I agree with the don't stay in the waiting room because we want to like move out of it. And I also noticed lately I've been getting because I'm coming up on five years out from diagnosis. Right. And you uh, hit that milestone. So I'm six years. I'm six years, uh, five years out from my last chemo and six years. Yeah, whatever. So, so a couple of times recently and thanks cancer. Like I don't say, Oh, on our profile, like we are both NED so far what like that's so crazy right but it's uh like th- tempting fate yeah no that's definitely <laughs> <laughs> but it's also like it's also weird because some of the some of the people in our community like don't know where we're at so some people are like oh you're going through chemotherapy now oh. and I'm like no I'm not like right because they jump in yes 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 I know what you're saying when they jump in at a certain point and, yeah and so right. I don't want to be like false advertising in the waiting room but I want to be in the waiting room to I don't know sing a song with someone laugh about something it's more like you want to be one of those volunteers that they have at the cancer center who comes through with some books yes. and literatures or snacks and, yes. and you're just a volunteer who comes in on Wednesdays. You yes. don't want to be the patient being like, hey, I see we're on the same cycle. I know. You and know, I like, don't want to like, sing role. the kumbaya. I want to be like, yeah, fuck cancer. You want to <laughs> hand out maybe the little like the little like pieces of literature that give them the tune no. to sing their own song. I like, would like to give out embroidery kits that say fuck sure. cancer. Great. Right? Yeah, sure. Wouldn't that be a fun waiting room activity? Maybe. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think I totally know what you mean. And it's interesting when I see people who decide to really use the cancer as, like, they become spokespeople professionally. Oh, yeah. I just wonder. I mean, it's not... I. 
I don't know, I just find it interesting. Because, as you know, my, my doctor said to me at a certain point, she was like, hey, you do, this was like two years ago, maybe. She said, you do a lot for the cancer community, but if it's not lifting you up, maybe take a step back. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you know, and I did actually. I And I, I still today, like I see things from when I was following more people yeah. than I am now. And, uh, but I'm still, you know, I haven't like not followed people I followed. And I'll see just things and I'm like, oh my God, like cancer, I don't know. Like it'll just strike me a certain way because I'm sort of trying to, leave that neighborhood in yeah. a way or leave that bridge take the off ramp from that bridge yeah oh, geez that metaphor well and i vacillate wildly because i'll come to me like maybe a couple times a month and be like fucking i'm deleting instagram i'm yeah. deleting twitter i'm yeah. spending way too much time on it it's fucking depressing i'm dealing with the trolls i'm dealing with all of these crazy people not not all of them crazy people but in any community you're gonna have one percent of like cuckoo yeah, you do a certain right? size and also by the way i always feel like i hear this from my friends who are like teachers and just have their own personal social media with like a hundred followers you know right. what i mean so like people struggle with this right now i don't think you know, it's it's it is a struggle that how much to engage or not, mm-hmm. um, and then six hours later, I'm like Mimi, did you see my latest post? I know, and I'm like, <laughs> I guess you're not off the Insta or the Twitter. Mm-hmm. You know what? Don't judge me, Mimi. No, I don't. I like it. I'm like, well, okay. I mean, I have a different. I don't know. I have a different relationship with that thing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. What? How do you have a different relationship? With I it? just I I decided a long time ago that it's a total set. Like it's like having a magazine. Your social media and that's what mine's like and yeah. so I just I have a remove from it that just but I, I see I see it with so many of my friends and acquaintances and everything that the complexities of like sort of going in too deep well and when Twitter's also I don't go on Twitter as you know yeah me don't tweet me. it scares me I dark dark place so and here's the thing and no I don't do reddit either well reddit is like the wild wild west I have like I have helped people from reddit but like on a very limited basis because it's just not as fun but the every time I step back part of what I wanted to do was to take away a little bit from just the cancer people screaming into the void right and every time I take a step back from Twitter I'm gonna miss right you know dozens of those people sad people who are still, into the yes, cancer world yes. I mean it's a lot. And that's a like, lot to take. Uh, that's like why social workers are such amazing people. And I, I'm not getting paid to be. A cancer I mean, not at all. Worker. We decided a long time ago that we were like, we're not going to be like trying to do this as a living because that, in a way, like you're paying so to, predatory. Well, you're paying to stay in the waiting room, and then you're trying to like sell. I don't know. I mean, God bless people who do. But um, anyway. But other things. Let's talk about other things we're sick about in our sick of cancer episode. So, oh my God! I'll tell you. I'll throw out one thing. So I... I feel like way I I always suspect that I'm always being over medicated and I have as you know I take almost nothing <laughs> like really like you you hate taking Tylenol I don't like taking anything and now I have to get these B12 injections and my mom called me up she googled like last month she fell down a google hole and she never does this and she just decided that like maybe the B12 injections were making me fat and I don't think that's true <laughs> but B12 has it a lot did of calories trigger something in me of like fuck this fuck being so reliant so yeah I found out like I have pernicious anemia we don't know if it's 
been always been there or not. But like, I don't know. And then I get like, I'm always like, is this from cancer or not? Is it my body? Should I be having pernicious anemia? Like, is it fine to have pernicious anemia? Should I just live like this? Or will it kill me in two years? There's just so much involvement that I have, bottom line, with the medical community that I never had before. I would like go once a year, maybe every two years, for my lady exam and my general exam. And then not even worry about it because... I tell the dentist more. I had more of a relationship with my dentist. Much more. Much more. I spent much more money on my dental care than um, my health care. was just so easy. And now it's like every time I have a cramp or something, I'm like, oh my God, is it my ovarian cancer knocking on the door? I know. And you have to worry about that all the time. I'm sick of like... So many doctor's appointments. So many doctor's appointments. All the time. I have to like keep track of when I'm going to go in. When they're going to pop up. I a little fucking jack-in-the-box monkey. I have missed doctor's appointments because I just can't. I can't. It's a full-time job just, like, scheduling and keeping track of it. Well, now, too, like, everyone's coming back to life. So what I found, too, is that, like, I'll have one doctor shame me about not seeing another doctor. And then I'm like, okay, yeah, you're right. But I tried to call them last year, but the pandemic. And then I try to get the appointment as soon as possible because now I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh, my God, I definitely have ovarian cancer. Uh, And, you know, I have to make the appointment. It's like, okay, you'll get it in August. This is, like, in April. And I'm like... Okay, fair play, but like shit. <laughs> and every time you go to a new doctor, you have to like tell the novel of the cancer yes. like saga again. I stay, we're so lucky because we have this like integrated system here in Boston where like most of like the hospitals. It's very incestuous. It's very incestuous. They can like pull it up and it's so awesome. Like finally the technology is here. So they pull it, they do pull it up your chart. It's a whole like. I've and they're a, like, oh. Yes. I was just sort of saying that. Oh, yes. I oh uh, and then they read they're very quiet with my dicks. there's lots of just lots I've, I've got there you've, you've been through a lot you've been through you? a lot there's oh, a lot going on yeah your special case so you get to see very special doctors which is kind of neat they ask you all sorts of weird screening questions okay so here's what I'm sick of fucking menopause oh yeah fucking menopause I'm, I'm not supposed yeah. to be in menopause I am I am like not even forty well, let's yet. Let's explain to the let's explain to the audience just to catch everyone up. Fucking so, menopause so is the fucking terrible. And Lupron. And Lupron. Um, and I, you've been on it for how long? Five years. And I get to stop Lupron and see what my side effects are for just tamoxifen at the end of this year. So that's going to be super exciting. It's great. Um, hopefully fewer hot flashes and um, but you know yeah, but you're going to feel really weird. Weird. It's a weird island in this weird. That's the thing. That's what happens after cancer. Like, everything's going to feel weird. And when you talk to your doctor about it, they'll be like, well, you do have a new body now. And you know it's true. But you're kind of just like, okay, so all bets are off. All bets are off. You have no level set. How far can I move the dial or the bubble? Like, what... What can I do here? Or what can I do? And in the end, you have to rely on yourself a lot more. Like, I don't know. It's not right for the right people. Like, I don't know how successful some people's Googling is compared to others. But I did. I have found that I have to become much more of an advocate to try to figure out what the hell is going on. On the subtle levels. And by subtle, I mean, like, what's going on? on with like (laughs) weight gain what's going on with like side effects all of this stuff that again if you're not in the system 
you don't have to think about. Well, and the most obnoxious thing is that you can't tease these things out because, like, what right. is the effect of what treatment? No, you, or what's just getting older? What's just getting older? Who fucking knows? My foot just fell asleep, and I'm always in this moment now where I'm like, okay, so my foot just fell asleep. Is it just because I have a tendency to sit on my foot? Is it because I have neuropathy? Is it because maybe I've got multiple sclerosis? Maybe you on. have foot cancer. Maybe I have foot cancer. I don't think so, but maybe I'd never even thought of it before. But I you know what? You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks. I've got foot cancer. Um, thing. Uh, no. Amazing. If I did, I would get it in this book. Osteoporosis? Osteo... Octeo... Necro... I don't know. You're not impressing me. I am... <laughs> you know what? Do you I'm really work at a cancer clinic? Yeah, a little bit. All right. Okay, so... So, another thing that's a little bit more prosaic that we're both really sick of, and this is to do with COVID, too. Like, it's just a drug, but, like, the hair is such... Okay, I hate this word, but it is such a fucking journey, the hair. <laughs> Like, you think when it grows back, like, you're fine. And then you think when it goes no, to a certain stage, you're fine. So it keeps much. changing, like, kaleidoscopically. Oh, it is always, always different, always obnoxious. I have to pay so much attention. I did not pay attention to my hair for, like, the first 35 years of my life. I'm like, oh, I'm not thinking about any of that. And right, now... You found your style. Yeah, I found my style. I put my hair up in buns all the time. And then when it was nice, I would curl it and I would look amazing. And now I have to like, I don't know, get it cut on the regular, like more than once a year. You have to, well, also the texture is constantly changing. There's no going back. And the whole products thing, like when do I use gel? What is this paste? You know what? Or mousse? I have mousse. Like is there a- I have mousse too. Is there a like- I think that's a side effect. Just cancer hair. Post-cancer hair is mousse. And then you're just supposed to be, again, you're just supposed to be so grateful that you don't have bald patches all over your head. So it's like, in the end, you're just like, okay, I don't know. It's just really weird. Like my hair textures changed so many times that like certain processes such as coloring and I've played with perms and various like coatings and stuff like that. They don't work consistently because your hair is constantly changing and the hair holds the chemicals of your chemo for so long in various points. Like it's actually fascinating, but, but very annoying as the end user and my hair, like, it just changes textures, like, eight times. I mean, we, Julianne and I were joking that my hair this winter was a real test to my relationship. It was so ugly. <laughs> <laughs> it was so inexplicably ugly. And not in a good way. Like, not in a, like, hip Miley Cyrus way. Well, like a bad I do way. think that is a good test of a relationship. Because yeah, but it, I didn't want that. Is it a crush or is it love? I and deserve that. It's, if you, like, <laughs> after all we've been through... <laughs> I know. I think we deserve some good hair. (laughs) My nails look great. I mean, shut the fuck up about your nails. I am sick of my nails. Right. It's just the same thing as the hair. I had the same thing. I had the good nails in my family. Oh man. I had had the the bad nails. nails, Now I've got the good nails. Okay. How did that happen? I don't know. I do. I'm going to try more collagen. I don't know. I'm trying to adjust my like 2DM1 immunotherapy. You, do you think that my oncologist would be on board for that? No, because it, <laughs> it only kills like breast growth for a month. <laughs> All right, are we? Are we? Have we talked enough about what we're sick of? I mean, there is a we. I could go on. Like, I am sick of the neuropathy. I'm sick of every morning when I get up. 
I am like a drunken sailor, <laughs> like <laughs> trying to like remind my feet that they exist and they're attached to my body and that they need to like do the work of being feet instead of like not. Um, I just discovered on your iPhone, it will show you if you're wobbling with your feet actually, like it, it actually like sees that if you put it close to your body and keep it consistent. I, I mean, I think you've read pretty well for me, but yeah, I am um, the tendon situation, like what chemotherapy does to your tendons and your muscles oh my God. is no joke. I mean, and this is the stuff too. Like, I think this is why we're talking about this. That your doctors are not going to fill you in on until you're oh. like, Hey, my foot hurts all the time. And they're like, Oh, we didn't tell you, but like this eats at your muscles. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And but you're alive. And you were, like, which is the truth. I am so much weaker than I've ever I been. Know, I know. Like, I know. And I again, am... you're like, is it because of the menopause remix? Is Ugh. it my age? Is it? No, it's know? not my age. Well, sometimes I just blame like the COVID lifestyle too. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what ends up anymore. But anyway, when so... they took me off the steroids, that's when my life started going downhill. Oh, really? <laughs> well, you could take steroids again. I mean, that's another thing too. Just a little sidebar too. And I was thinking about this today. Like, I'm sort of sick of, like, having every drug available, like, offered to you all the time. Like, I was never a person who got a lot of drugs given to her easily by anyone for any reason. I never really sought that out. I'm not a prescription pill gal. But now it's just like, here, take this. And again, no warnings of the side effects. So I just want to say this is so loud and clear. Like, lessons learned for me. If you decide to go on something like an SSRI or you decide to go on Neurontin, for instance, you know, these various things that get offered to a lot of us after going through cancer treatment, please look at the chat words about the side effects of these drugs. Just look at them and take them in and ask your doctor about them, you know, beforehand. I wish I had done some of that because I'm coming off some stuff right now and I'm just like, oh, mother of God. You know what I mean? Like, like it's a lot. And the off I had no idea. Like, it would take like three or four months and I had no idea. Like, I've come off some stuff that I was intentionally developing a dependency for because I needed, to, they wanted me to sleep a lot. So it was like, I was taking lorazepam like every day, which I don't recommend but it's, it's done because you need to sleep and you're freaking the hell out because you've got cancer. So I've come off of that. And I would say that like coming off of this SSRI that I'm coming off of, like it's not as, it's definitely not as short and not as intense, but it's a long burn and it has not been nice. Yeah. I'm very chemically. I'm sick of everything being so fucking hard. Yeah. So do we have any protocols to offer on that note? You know what? I think you do have some protocols. Yeah. So I was going to say, you just need to keep moving like a shark. <laughs> Mimi says that all the time and I love it. Cause I have been following that all the time this winter because I've been a little down about the whole like situation with the COVIDs and also like, yeah, probably just coming off of the it <laughs> just caused me to like go to the bathroom all the time. So, but I mean, yeah, just, but my way that I'm dealing with it right now is just like every day, a little exercise and fitness, you know, and like, wah, wah, wah. well, and when you're, when you're not feeling it, I do think the best thing you can do is just keep, keep going, Oops. keep, keep moving, um, exercise wise and keep just moving. Like, because you might not be moving forward, but you're you're going somewhere. And there's no judgment with that statement, too. Like, I'm moving like a shark. It's, I don't know if I'm moving somewhere good, bad, and different. I'm just moving like a shark. Um, okay, so yeah. my protocol is don't apologize. I can only do what I can do. And that's enough because I'm not going to be able to do everything. It's so hard to know where to cut yourself slack, though, and where to tighten up the slack. 
just going to cut myself all the slack and I'm going to eat bonbons and watch daytime that's TV. That's bullshit. <laughs> that is total bull. Don't say that to people because that's not how you live. Uh, You're like, and you know, I'm riding 12 miles and the day after that, 18. <laughs> and, so then glad- and then I'm writing a book. I'm so glad I'm inspired by a boyfriend to ride with me. <laughs> oh my God. I, mean, totally- I totally have. It's a great idea. I'm so glad that I inspired my boyfriend yes. to ride bikes. So disgusting. I'm okay. not riding bikes. Okay, what's our third protocol? Okay, this is really hard to read. Um, <laughs> we're recognizing. We're recognizing that having these problems is a privilege. So, like, seriously, though, I mean, it is, like, it is frustrating. So one of the things I've seen now coming out of it and all of my wisdom of, like, being a postgraduate of Cancer University <laughs> coming up, I, I feel like it's a real privilege to be on this side of things. Like, when I hear people complaining, and that is a function of knowing people who don't pull through. Yeah. You know, and I think people who are just going into this, like, they don't know anyone in this world yet, and they don't know anything about it, and they're not being given a lot of practical information. They're in shock and awe, obviously. Good reason. And so... They don't know, like, just got to keep a stiff upper lip. And they also don't know, like, how in the beginning of the beginning they are, too. And I think that you just have to recognize that getting access to this treatment, like, if you're getting access to treatment in America, that is a privilege. And that's, like, the cutting edge. Yeah, I mean, because even bad treatment in America is a hell of a lot better than treatment in almost any other part of the world. The best. Because we have probably a lot more clinical trials. Oh, my God. We just have, we have a really, we have just a very aggressive medical system. Yeah, we do. And, and laboratories galore. I think America's <laughs> really going for, I'm sorry, we're laughing because Boston is filling up with labs right now. Everything is turning into a laboratory. The it, Mall is turning into a laboratory. Boston Globe is turning into a laboratory. <laughs> Everything is becoming a laboratory. It's all becoming a lab. You're like, well, what's that going to be? It's a lab. Oh, all right. <laughs> of course it is. It's a lab with apartment buildings over it. Don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> so it's a privilege to be sick of cancer after being sick with cancer. Correct. Exactly. And, you know, like, I think that it's it's also just like, it's one of those things, too, where I we were talking about this earlier and I think that what I'm just trying to do with every way that I represent is just represent where I'm at now. That's all you can do. Like I was full of so much more piss and vinegar in the beginning of this process. I was full of like unprocessed anger and hurt feelings. Oh my God, so many hurt feelings and all of that. That's gotta be dissipated, you know, for a lot of people. It is for me. (laughs) Well, I can't, I can't hold on to like that disappointment. No. And that's why it's like, you got to represent where you are now. Like, I think it's dangerous to take a tone. Like we've talked about this in regards to the branding of things cancer like it has to evolve with us as we continue to survive or not <laughs> i mean tone, so far surviving then the tone gets very dark <laughs> tone changes okay but changes. do you but we do joke about how uh the remaining thanks cancer member would like celebrate a lot more success in the podcast right i mean but, yeah. we'd be a human interest story um i think we're giving ourselves a little bit too much <laughs> I mean, we we would like double for sure. We're no. just trying to get some merch together right now, <laughs> which is exciting, guys. So keep an eye out. Um, we're oh. coming up with some fun merch. Uh, we are coming up with some fun merch and finally checking our emails. Oh, yeah. We checked our emails. <laughs> and I think that was part of me like healing from my journey. And I realized today, I was like, hey, what about our emails? <laughs> 
It's been like eight months. It's been so long. And so many of you have been so awesome to send us um, requests for, you know, collabs and um, whatnot. So please know that I'm going to buckle down on that today. Yes. Uh, not today. And, Today's and over, but tomorrow. We, okay. And I want to make a fourth protocol of really just give everyone a little bit of slack because in Don't addition be so angry. in addition to a lot of us having cancer or dealing with the aftermath uh, we're in a worldwide fucking pandemic yeah some of us have <laughs> lost our grandmothers in the pandemic and otherwise but you know like yeah and and it's just sure. like and also like this whole like righteous victimization I don't know like I know that we all can do that when you have cancer but like just maybe for right now let up a little on that if you're going in that direction because there's so much of that right now we're all just dealing with it. Every time I feel myself going in like the slippery victim mode, I'm like, no. And that's, wait, okay, right, I'm not finished. That's another thing that I have to watch out for now because I've had a few people intonate or just say forthrightly to me, you know, you can't keep using your cancer as an excuse forever. And that's where I'm always like, oh, you just touched a soft. Okay. Ooh, that's hard for me. Uh, Okay. So A number one, that's a super shitty thing to say. Yeah. Just on the surface of it. Yeah. Super shitty thing to say to anyone But guess what? People are shitty. Okay. So people... People are shitty. But the other thing that I have noticed is that like right after I was diagnosed with cancer, I didn't miss a beat. But all of this stuff is cumulative. Yes. So my chemo. Yes. Just like the chemo, just like the radiation. Oh my god. It gets worse over time. So the things that I'm dealing with and like I've been a little bit stuck in the past year. And I think all of us have pandemic and all of that. But like the stuckness. It's like you're not progressing. Was cumulative from all of the like fallout of everything. So so, uh, my other protocol is anyone who's like, oh, you can't use cancer as an excuse forever is to punch them in the fucking throat. Um, No. (laughs) I don't do that. I just say a little prayer slash curse of like well you don't know because you haven't had cancer yet and maybe if you do get it you'll find out that that's wrong. So I can't punch anyone in the throat. No I mean these people don't even know. I mean the reason (laughs) people say things like that to you is when they didn't see you go through cancer. No one who ever saw me go through cancer has ever intonated that. It's just people see you and think you've just popped out of an egg. You know what I mean? Like they don't know. They don't see your past and they don't And they don't even really want to. No no like seriously there's Facebook history like you could find out if you wanted to, you know, but like who would want, that's creepy. And so <laughs> I, I just, it's just like, but you, you have to recognize, like, I think that, you know, you just keep moving like the shark, like, and for yourself and don't like, I just try not to let that freak me out because I have had so many setbacks as a result. Like I have to say cancer has been a common denominator with some recent setbacks where I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Just all, just ev- for, like, it everything touches, it's just touched pile my it careers on. and my relationships and it's like stability. It's like who who I am and my breasts. I mean, there's, you know, several losses, you know, it's just like, and you just have to keep plowing on, but it's like a lot, you know, and you have to make it look good and you don't want to like, I love the pod because we do get this chance to like kind of dump it all out. But like, if I, we walked around saying this, like people really would be saying, goes, you've got to get over your (laughs) cancer. Well, that's why we have the pod. I know the love of pods for that. (laughs) 
<laughs> and where else but Twitter could I do all of this shit posting about cancer and my dark humor? Or where could we make postcards that we'll soon be offering as merch? Ooh, super exciting. exciting. Super future. exciting. All right, so on that note, I think we should end because we're going to keep moving like sharks. Okay, uh, well, thanks, Mimi. Thanks, Leanna. Thanks, thanks cancer. cancer. That was our episode. Thanks for listening to Thanks, Cancer. If you guys enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would give us a review on iTunes or Google Play. And you can find us on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook at Thanks, Cancer. And please, we'd love to hear from you your stories. Your protocols. Exactly. Advice that you have to share with the community. So send us your audio files at info at thanksCancer.com. Well, the traffic stopped you lay on the horn and you ask yourself, where is my cancer unicorn? But we're at the gate with your cancer card. We're your passport date. Cause Trees in the dark. <laughs>